This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I have someone that's with us right now who has a very personal Malcolm X story to share. This would be his 95th birthday. Uh, let me welcome it is Malcolm X Day everywhere, especially here on the Karen Hunter Show. She is a brilliant powerhouse of a woman uh, who is definitely living the legacy of her dad. Let me welcome to the show Ilyasa Shabazz. Welcome. Thank you so much, Karen. It's so good to see you. I know. The last time I saw you was <laughs> last year in Florida, actually, at the Women of Power um, oh, Empowerment. Yes, the, the conference that they hold every every year in South Florida. And you were dynamite. You were on a panel talking about your dad. And, and I mean, it was incredible. I was sitting in the audience, like, just beaming. So I'm glad to see you here today. I'm so happy to be here. And we met a long time ago, right? We met a yeah, well, very long. It was twenty something. Don't tell anybody. No, it was it was not that long ago, Ilyasa. We were in high. We were just getting ready to go to high school. We we were in grade school, (laughs) and uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, listen, I have watched your 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 trajectory. You know, I keep using that word because you have really come into this space, um, and you really are your dad's daughter right now and when i hear you speak i'm like yes this is what that seasoning looks like talk a little bit about that that day um in the audubon theater because you were there the day that your dad was shot i remember i don't i don't but you know i always say that you know there's trauma right because it was a loud noise my father never came home my mother often shared the story of how um, he used to come home and we'd share cookies, the, the, the news and all this stuff. And when he was gunned down, that I would go to the door waiting for him and he wouldn't come. And so she would put cookies, you know, on a plate and, you know, break it in half. And I would pick up the cookie and be distracted and take it to bed with me. And so when she told that story, my girlfriends and I, we were at an event in D.C. and she told the story. And we were like, that's why I'm addicted to cookies. You know, but you, we, we know when you get over 15, you know, you have to refrain from eating so many cookies. For yes. Those yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the growing up, uh, cause you were, what were you, two years old? I think you were, I not was, even, yeah. you were a baby. I wasn't quite three, but I was, when I see pictures of myself, I look like I was like six. No, no, no. You look like a baby. You look like a baby, Eliasa. So, but I'm, you know, most of what you know about your dad is through the lens of other people. That's most right. of what you know about your dad is, you know, both, you know, folklore and fiction and, you know, a, a lot of mythology and truth, you know, talk about Actually, that experience. Okay. My mother, she kept our father alive in our household. And so, you know, she never spoke much about death. It was just, his hat, his clothes were in the closet, um, wow. his briefcase, all the books that we had were in our study. And so she kept memories of him alive. And so I would think that I remember things, but it was because she kept those memories alive. And my youngest sisters, the twins, they never laid their eyes on their father. But if you met them, especially Malak, you'd never know it because we all know, you know, our father, his humanity, his compassion, his humor his love, you know, things like that. But now when I went to college, I learned about the icon. What was that experience going to college and then right. being confronted think, with the icon Malcolm X? 
that was really difficult. It was so difficult for me because, you know, I had come from, you know, I went to camp with, you know, love, peace, joy, learning how to survive off of the earth, Native American, Quaker values, and going. (laughs) So when I go to college, they expected me to be a very militant, um, vocal, outspoken person. And, and really it was they expected me to be all of the things they thought my father was. And so my father didn't just walk around, you know, defending black people's rights or defending oppression or injustice. He had a profound reaction to it. And so that's quite different. That's a man of compassion, love, care, kindness. And um, so those are the kinds of values that were instilled in our household. So going to college, you know, woo, that was a challenge coming into myself. And mm. I called my older sister, Atula, and said, well, who am I supposed to be? And she said, you don't have to pass a test to be Malcolm X's daughter. You already are, so whoever you are, it's fine. But it still took wow. a moment for me to, you know, come into that. I met you very early. Um, you were working on a book project, and you weren't the person that you are now. Right. And when I talk about your trajectory, you were quiet, right? soft-spoken, very introspective, not very talkative right. as it relates to, you know, having these stories. So right. when I saw you on that panel last year, I was like, okay, all right, Ilyasa. And I have to say, you see, my mother had just passed away. I was traumatized. I was absolutely traumatized. I mean, you, we know there is no preparation for the loss of anyone close to you, let alone your mother, you know, who's been with you your entire, you know, your entire lifetime. So I was absolutely so traumatized without expressing that, you mm-hmm. know, without vocalizing it. And so when I look back, yes, I was. I didn't have a voice. I couldn't talk because I was traumatized. What what got you through? You know, uh, there are people listening right now. They, you know, of course, their dad wasn't Malcolm X. Their mother wasn't the great Dr. Betty Shabazz, who in her own right was a, a powerhouse, powerhouse. Um, to have those losses and, and to kind of stand on their shoulders and be expected to be great yourself. Who helped you navigate? What helped you navigate that? So what I came to understand is, that I had to look in a mirror and like who I, you know, the reflection of me and that that depended so much on my relationship with God. Cause at the end of the day, it's God, you know, that we're, that we live for. It's God who passes judgment, who determines whatever happens to us, what's our life, our lives and here. And then also when I thought about history, my mother made sure that, you know, we learned about history in our household. It was extremely important And when I thought about the challenges, well, first, when I thought about, you know, the greatness of history, historical characters, right? When I thought about the greatness of Africa, the greatness of the pyramid makers, the scholars, you know, all of these things. And then I thought about the challenges of slavery and the terrors and traumas. And I thought that whatever I was experiencing had absolutely no comparison to the challenges that others had experienced and I had to put it in proper context and perspective that every single one of us perishes and this time that we have on earth is short in comparison to forever to to eternity and so it is what I do today 
and what I give back today, almost in an urgency or as if today is the last day of our lives, that really helped me tremendously. But that was after staying in bed for a, a, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think we need to be okay doing that too. Right. I think a lot of right. times, you know, we, we feel, especially black folk, that we have to tough things out, that we can't show weakness, that we can't show pain uh, as if that somehow makes us look strong and actually embracing the pain and rolling into it is probably the strongest thing you can do because until you, this podcast is brought to you by car shield with all the uncertainty in the world right now, everyone's top priority is safety and protecting your vehicle is crucial. Whether you're on the front lines as an essential worker out there protesting or even making trips to the store, we rely on our cars a lot. And I actually want us to get out of debt. So hold on to your cars, pay off your car. But that also means you're going to need extended coverage. So go to CarShield. CarShield takes the worry away from car repairs. They have affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. And the people at CarShield understand payment flexibility. That's a must. Monthly payments can be customized to your needs with rates as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitments. CarShield gives you options others won't. You can choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield has helped more than a million customers, so you drive with confidence and peace of mind knowing you got covered by America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can keep your family safe and save thousands for a cover repair. Give them a call, 800-CAR-6000, mention code KAREN, or visit carshield.com, use code KAREN, K-A-R-E-N, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code KAREN. A deductible may apply. Confront what is ailing you, you're not going to get well. So I'm glad that you said it took you a minute to get out of bed, to get back on your feet. To get because yeah. the, the the woman that you are right now is the woman that we need you to be uh, for this next uh, round of this relay race that we're running. That's right. Of, of your father's legacy, um, and we we talked with Abdul Rahman Muhammad yesterday about his uh, documentary, um, and I know you 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 were going making the rounds with him as well. Or, or what are your thoughts about that? Before I get to my next question about who killed Malcolm X, uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, was it accurate in your opinion? Are you pleased or not pleased with uh, the Netflix six-part series on your dad? Well, I thought it was definitely a great undertaking. Um, a lot of people discovered him again. And especially now during these challenging times, um, you know, I would imagine that during this pandemic, many of us wondered, are we going to die? You know, like we were, it was the first time that, as a, a global nation, right, as a global um, family that, you know, we saw many people that we, that it was reported that many people were perishing in so many other countries. And it had to make us think about, you know, mortality. Are we going to live? Are we going to die? So I thought um, that it was great, but it also what provided a moment for us to sit still and listen, to sit, sit still and think about history, think about, you know, what's going on around us, what's going on inside of us, and ask some real questions. And many people 
discovered Malcolm's humanity. You know, they discovered the truths of Malcolm. He was a young man filled with such compassion and the willingness to take responsibility to stand toe-to-toe and challenge, you know, this powerful entity that controls the world, you know, and challenge truth to, pow- truth to power, you know. And, um, it, it, you know, and so as realizing that Malcolm was only in his 20s, and he was gunned down at 39. That's a very young person that yes. made such an enormous impact and made such a contribution. So for me, it's important to make sure that his life is put in proper perspective for the benefit of future generations, you know, so that we understand our roles in life, that we understand our roles back to society. And, you know, and that is something that I've done with mostly every book that I've written, putting history and in context, through the lives of people that might be a reflection of our children. We're talking with the great Ilyasa Chavez. Um, and, and I know it's like always the, the daughter of Malcolm X, you know, um, but in her own right, she is, again, a, an author. Uh, she's a great speaker. And, and I think in many ways you're carrying on the legacy of what of the work that your father uh did while he was alive 39 man you think about that he didn't make it to 40 was a father was a husband you know the great love story that also we get a peek into during that documentary we get to get a peek into that awesome love that he had for his family and the righteousness that he had in that household as well you know which we don't see a lot of on display so it was nice to, to see that too what is the one thing you want people to walk away from knowing about your 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 father? Well, you know, um, he was sincere. And I know that there's a quote of his where he just talks about his sincerity and that that is the most important thing to him, that whatever he did, whatever mistakes he made, that they were made in, out of sincerity, you know, that he genuinely cared and he gave it his all. Hmm. All right, so you you've written a couple of cho- you have a children's book, Malcolm Little, the boy I have who grew Malcolm up. Little. That's right, the boy who grew up to become Malcolm X, and um, you know it was one of my favorite books. But I have to tell you, Betty Before X is really my all time. Um, but Malcolm Little is, you know, I thought it was important to show that number one, Malcolm didn't go to jail and miraculously become Malcolm X. It was the values that were instilled in him by his parents. And so it Mm. speaks to the importance of a child's foundation, you know. And so it was his mother who instilled the love of literary. You know, my father was, and and I'm working on another book that comes out in February, that he was almost um, like books were everything to him. And wherever he went, he always wanted to make sure, well, what is the library like there? So books were something that were, that was with him for, you know, even during his young days, you know, out in, in you know, hanging out. In the streets. Yeah. Right. Right. That he always had certain books and he had a love for Shakespeare, believe it or not. And um, but it, it it speaks about the importance of the foundation. His mother was the, the national recording secretary for this organization that commanded three million millions of followers in the 1930s. His father was the. Uh, chapter president and these values that they put in their children, all seven of them. And, and then my extra novel, young adult book, the challenges, once your parents are gone, no one is there to give you guidance, love, nurture, protect you. 
um, that it speaks to the importance of smart, forward-thinking adults taking responsibility for our children, for all of them, whether we biologically birth them or not. And Betty Before X is really one of my favorites. Um, it's about a young girl who has a relationship with God. And, and while she's coming into her own, she always has conversations with God. You know, am I good enough? What, you know, what, what is this injustice? You know, she just continues this relationship. And what I discovered about my mother is that she was much like my father. They both were compassionate. They both were spiritually grounded. And they were both, you know, very loving and very passionate in their beliefs. Yeah. So what is God to you, Ilyasa Shabazz? So what is God to you? And are you a Muslim? Are you a Christian? Like, what do you identify so, with? Well, I'm Muslim, and I make pilgrimage. I, you know, I've done all of that. Um, I was raised a Muslim. I also, you know, my mother was raised as an, you know, in the AME Church, Bethel, and in um, Detroit. And so my grandmother, my grandparents, and their sons were reverends, and they were two of them was a um, what is the one where they, everyone jumps up and down? Uh, Pentecostal, Kojic, and Pentecostal, yes. <laughs> And I used to love the Pentecostal church. I mean, I loved it so much. And I wanted to know how come I wasn't jumping up and down. Why wasn't I, you know, doing all these things? But I I just loved it. And it reminded me so much, you know, connecting with our ancestors. The songs I would listen to, the gospel hymns. And I would think about, you know, who what, what they were doing when they were singing these songs. Why did they think of the words in the, in the music? And, you know, I, I just loved just everything about church. My sisters thought I was nuts (laughs) because, you know, we would go to church in the daytime, attend to like one or something. And then we would go back, you know, we had an opportunity. I thought it was an opportunity to go back to church. (laughs) My sisters were like, no, you come on. We already did this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, I'll go, you know? And um, so I'm a Muslim, but I believe I can go anywhere and feel God. You know, and I tell people that Islam, you know, the word Allah is just God in Arabic. The word Yahweh, the word Jah, you know, there are different names for God. And so, you, you know, I, I just, you know, I really am love, peace, and joy. I, I, that's what yes, I, you are. That's what I love. <laughs> All right. So, so today we celebrate uh, the the life of your father because this would have been his 95th birthday. I asked this of uh, Abdur Rahman Muhammad yesterday. Like, what do you think your father would be doing had he lived? You know, Harry, Harry Belafonte's in his 90s. He, he's still out there being a warrior. Had your dad lived, what do you think he would have been doing today? Well, I don't besides think cookies, we- besides sharing cookies <laughs> with you, just one, just one a day. I don't think that we would be in this predicament if my father lived, because he really was the kind of person that identified the challenges. He was able to uh, organize, attract a whole lot of followers, and he was an excellent leader. He was an excellent organizer. When I think of some of the things that he accomplished um, when he was with the Nation of Islam, when he joined that organization, there was, um, I think, hundreds, they said, followers. And then um, it went from hundreds of followers to tens of thousands because of Malcolm's work, because of Malcolm's organization. They were the, the largest black-owned businesses, um, property, real estate, schools, you know, the list goes on and on. And that was so much because of Malcolm's dedication, focus, 
and um, organizational skills. So I believe that we would have accomplished our goal, and that is really mm-hmm. understanding our humanity. You know, what? It's, it's not that simple. When we look at there are 8,600,000,000 people in the world, the majority of us are good. The majority of us are smart, forward-thinking adults who believe in brotherhood and sisterhood. It's the minority that don't. And so I think my father would have been able to articulate that, you know, and articulate the necessity of our humanity, the universality of brotherhood and sisterhood, of love, peace, joy. I, I really do, and I don't think we would be, you know, in these challenging days of living our entire lives fighting for justice. What kind of sense is that when you really think about it? When you really None. think about it, it makes no sense. that you, you wake, I wake up, I look at my phone, and when I see someone being killed, someone being beat, someone being chased out, it's frightening. It is so frightening, you know, and, you know, to end that. And, and my father was so passionate and, I think, smart enough to find solutions to the human condition that continues to torment and, 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 and create these divides among us. Well, I'm optimistic. I'm always a glass half full type of person. And it may yeah. take hundreds of us to pick up the baton, but I yeah. think we'll cross that finish line. And I think we'll do it in our, in our lifetime because, you know, so we're too. only in our 20s. So we're going to make that happen. (laughs) Let me thank you. Um, I would like to continue this conversation and I want to have you back on the show. You have an open invite uh, to be here. You're definitely part of our family. Uh, Today is Malcolm X Day all over the globe. Um, But it's Malcolm X Day every day here on the Karen Hunter Show as far as I'm concerned. So I just want to thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. It's good to see you. Yes, uh, Ilyasa Shabazz. Get all of her books. 